It is a bittersweet uh, symphony, even though I really like this song. For a song that is not really positive, it's very bittersweet, it's a fine symphony from The Verve, who influenced Oasis quite a bit, by the way. Parker Thune, ladies and gentlemen, and the White Buffalo. Is the White Buffalo now the burrito curse? I, I legitimately don't know what else it could be, Steely. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Drake Dyken, who is over this year on mm-hmm. his picks in the yep. Ref Royal Rumble, has locked Texas this weekend at minus six and a half. So, one of the curses is going to be broken this weekend. Either it's going to be the curse of the white buffalo that is broken, or it is the Drake Dyken kiss of death. Yeah, that's there going you to be go. Broken. Well,. Is there any way to explain what happened Saturday? I mean, to me, I think a lot of us thought Oklahoma was going to have to go down there and play a good football game to to win a game. No doubt about it. But, Parker, a lot of what I saw, I was like – I was watching and just going, this is Pop Warner or whatever. Yeah, the word I was going to use was juvenile. I mean, it was just, are you kidding me? Steely, forget the OU standard for a second. That was an unacceptable performance for any football program in America. When you give up four touchdowns of 60-plus yards, when you give up 361 rushing yards. 8.8 yards a carry. When you allow the opponent to compile 668 total yards of offense, and it could have been eight or 900 if they wanted it to like, be. Like I said, it was like the OU-Nebraska game. TCU, they uh, they took their foot off the gas a little bit in that game. I don't know where you go from here, Steely. And I'm very thankful it's not my job to figure that out. Because I am at a loss right now. I am completely at a loss as to what we witnessed on Saturday and now how you pick up the broken pieces and figure out a way to go down to the Cotton Bowl this weekend and hang with Texas. Because and, yeah, and it was, possibly without Dylan Gabriel, which would be like mission impossible. It was a disaster on Saturday as it pertains exclusively to the scoreboard. When you throw in the fact that Dylan Gabriel got virtually decapitated. One of the worst, worst, nastiest, dirtiest cheap shots I've seen. I mean, the definition of a cheap shot. But you throw that into the mix, and then you add in the fact that literally everyone else on the roster got hurt after that. It seemed like half the team was huddled in the medical tent by the end of the game. Eric Gray's banged up. Marcus Major obviously didn't play. Theo Weiss left the football game. Wanye Morris left the game in the second quarter. Anton Harrison, Andrew Ray, McCade Mattire all finished the game, but all left at some point because of injury. Turn over to the defensive side of the ball. Billy Bowman's hurt. There's a chance he doesn't play this weekend. And by the way, you saw what a Sands Bowman secondary looks like, and not it good. is not good. Uh, yeah, and then, Woody Washington is banged up. I mean, it's crazy. Damon Harmon. And I, not only, even if you didn't get a physical injury, your psyche has been damaged. Because I think that's a lot of what's going on here with the defense, too, Parker. Is these guys, you know, have they bought into what Brent's teaching them? Yes. Did they put the work in with Schmitty in the offseason? All of that stuff? Yes. Unless the coaches are complete liars, and I don't think they are, that's all true. 
But once things started to go bad for them, that's it, it's kind of like me on a tee shot. You know, if I'm going along great, then I have one bad one. Guess what? I'm not going to play well off the tee for, oh, at least six months probably. It's that kind of psyche where all of a sudden they're, they're not playing instinctive football right now. They're thinking too much and they're not thinking right. And I think there's been a, uh, obviously a huge loss of confidence, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Well, and here's the reality. Dylan Gabriel came under fire for his performance over basically a quarter and a half on Saturday. As he should, there, there were several throws that he missed, several costly throws at that. And it's all mechanical. That's what it is. It's a mechanical issue right now. It's completely fixable. But that has to be an emphasis whenever he's able to get back on the practice field, is fixing the mechanical issues yeah, RG3 that's causing him to sail the talked about that, that he was, his front foot was way too far out there. It's fixable, but can he fix it? You know, yeah, well, that, that's the thing. And, again, yeah, because, Parker, what, what's, what's happening? You could tell early in the game that if OU was going to win this game, it was going to be a score fest. And, of course, they got off to the worst, you know, uh, ran through a minefield, blew themselves up on the first possession on the fumble by Marvin Mims, your best offensive player. Uh, but the margin for error on offense because of the defense is, you know, less than an inch because – you know, if the Sooners were going to compete in that game, it, it was almost like they were going to have to score on every possession or they were losing ground. So there's some pressure on this kid. I get it. He's not a Power 5 quarterback, wasn't before this. There's an enormous amount of pressure on the kid, too. Uh, but you, you've got to make those throws. Well, there have been way too many of them. But here's my thing, Steely. I'm, uh, th- that's all I'm going to say about Dylan Gabriel because the reality is right now – Oklahoma could have Tom Brady under center, and they're not winning football games with how that defense has performed yeah. the last two weeks. The last two weeks, Unfortunately, no the reality is they do not have any remote approximation of Tom Brady under center. The guy that they may have under center this weekend when they face off with Texas is a guy that was third string on the depth chart at Pittsburgh last year. What I saw from Davis Bevel on Saturday in Fort Worth gives me no confidence that the game can be won this weekend against Texas. So, if that is if that guy's your starting quarterback, you're screwed. So you better either hope that Dylan Gabriel heals up quickly and comes back in time, clears the concussion protocol in time to suit up for Saturday's game, or I'm sorry, you have to look a different direction. And I understand that at this point in time, the coaching staff probably feels most comfortable with Davis Bevel because he gives them the most predictable outcome. But we saw what that outcome was on Saturday. I'm sorry. You have got to throw predictability out the window. And you've got to put some trust in a younger guy with a higher ceiling because I think you've got two of them on the roster in General Booty and Nick Evers. And do either of those guys give you an overwhelming chance to win the football game? Maybe not. But if I'm Jeff Levy and I'm looking over the game film from Saturday, I know I'm not winning a football game this weekend with Davis Bevel at quarterback. No, and, uh, you know, we've seen crazy things happen in the the Cotton Bowl, right? We've seen some Texas teams that came in completely wounded, you know, like that painting of the, uh, what what is it, the uh, Drummond Fife Corps or whatever, uh, and somehow managed to beat Oklahoma. I don't, but this this Sooner team right now, man, they – uh, that's rock bottom 
That's got to be rock bottom. And I most, don't think you can go any lower than they did Saturday. Well, and the most frustrating thing is that's what we sat here and said last Monday. Well, good news is it can't get any worse, right? It got a lot worse. It got significantly worse. It's hard to imagine things getting worse than this, Steely. But then again, it was hard to imagine things getting worse last Monday when we sat in these chairs as well. Is Gabriel's collarbone injury last season affecting his mechanics this year? Not to make excuses, but just wonder if there are some underlying issues. And I don't know, maybe, maybe. And everybody's maybe. on the oh, everybody's on the text line saying fixable, fixable, fixable. If things are fixable, they get fixed. Look, I get that, but the issues hadn't reared their head as substantially as they did on Saturday over the course of the first four games of the season. Were there times where Gabriel missed a throw here, a throw there? Yes, but man, it was endemic on Saturday. He oh, was it, off yeah, his game, no doubt, and there was no question about it. It, it. it was almost like he had a case of the yips. That's what it felt like. So, what 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 looked like maybe an issue that was kind of cresting over the first four games of the season really came full circle and came fully into view Saturday. Coaching staff's fault that we have no one better than third string. A third string pit quarterback is our backup. What were they thinking? Bevel looks unplayable, and if Booty isn't the option, for the love of God, move on to Evers, please. The lack of quality backup quarterbacks is a harsh indictment on Levy and the staff. Inexcusable. Parker, if the offense stayed in the field longer and scored, wouldn't that help the Look, defense? I, I, I'm sorry. I I know there are people on the text line that want to talk about the offense. I have no interest in talking about the offense because, as I said five minutes ago, you could put Tom Brady under center right now and the Sooners aren't winning football games because the defense is that bad. It was, uh, like I said, TCU in uh, six plays netted 352 yards on six plays. Oklahoma had 355 yards for the game. And then, uh, look, some of this too. Deshaun White's got a pick six that turns into a completion for TCU. Jaden Gibson, we all love his potential and talent, right? Got to catch that football, man. You got to catch that football. All right, we're going to take a <clears throat> pardon me. We're going to take a break right here. 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And uh, keep those texts rolling. They're rolling in big time. It's kind of a Sooner therapy session today. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on The Ref. Keep it here on the home of Sooner fans. Kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Sooners getting ready for the Longhorns, six-and-a-half-point underdog. Now it's up to seven, actually, down to the Cotton Bowl. 11 a.m. on ABC this Saturday. Pre-game show begins at 7 a.m. Let me tell you about the best dentist, I mean a number one in the Oklahoma City metro area, Dr. Tim Brooks. He will do a great job for you. I used to live up in northwest Oklahoma City. Now I'm in northwest Norman. Uh, and you know, people, Shay was like, why are you still going to the dentist up in, uh, in Edmond? I'm like, because there's no way that I am leaving 
Dr. Tim Brooks, he is the best. They do great work there. They've got a great staff. Make it super comfortable for you to go in there and get some dental work done because, you know, going to the dentist can be a little, I don't know. But Dr. Brooks does a great job. Preventative, cosmetic, complex, restorative dentistry to give you a smile you will be proud of. A smile that looks great. You'll feel fantastic. And Again, that smile is going to be well worth your trip if you're not in the uh, Edmond area to go see Dr. Tim Brooks. He'll do a great job for you. 405-369-5212. That's 405-369-5212. He basically saved my uh, trip to the Bahamas because I was having one of those bad toothaches. Like, right, really, the, the day before I was going to the Bahamas with our family and I called Dr. Brooks after hours. I'm like, I, I, I've got a major problem taken care of within a half an hour. Dr. Tim Brooks, he'll do a great job for you. 405-369-5212. All right, uh, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and then we'll get into what Ted Roof, uh, Jeff Levy had to say. Parker was over there. We'll do that at the top of the hour. Repaint the white buffalo black, please, now. <laughs> uh, I like it. <laughs> This is a Glen Gary, Glen Ross day. Steely, tell OU to put the coffee down, please. Put that coffee down. You call yourself a salesman? You, Sorry, great movie. Uh, Steely, here's, here's my big thing coming out of this football game. Your recipe right now on defense, whatever it is, it is not working. It's simply not working. It's atrocious. As a matter of fact, you cannot, I, I, I wish I had the patience to count how many missed tackles there were on Saturday, how many busted assignments and coverage there were on Saturday. To me, here is what happens going forward. You're going to have to make some tough decisions as a coaching staff because you're going to have to institute some pretty radical change. I don't know much in comparison to these coaches. Here's what I do know. I know that Jaron Kanick had 10 tackles and a forced fumble against Nebraska two weeks ago, and Brent Venables walked up to the podium at the post-game press conference and said, that kid doesn't even know what he's doing yet. Steely, Jaron Kanick, who apparently has no idea what he's doing, turned in a better performance at the linebacker position than I've seen all year. So right now, if I am Brent Venables and this coaching staff, I am saying, screw it. We're going to strip this thing down to the studs. We're going to take our best athletes, whoever they are, whatever amount of seniority they have on this football team, we're going to put our most talented 11 pure athletes on the football field defensively, and we're just going to let them play unchained. Because (laughs) what you have right now in terms of your cast of characters – in terms of their ability to cohere with one another, is a debacle. Yeah, and look, you know, I played up to high school football. That's it. So I have no clue what, you know, a lot of this stuff is. I mean, we all knew cover two and cover three and stuff like that. But at the same time, I was thinking, you know, Brent's defensive concepts are pretty intricate, somewhat complex. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's they need to simplify this, man, because they're thinking way too much. But hearing from Teddy post game, Teddy said most of it was basic defense. They just weren't they were there well, where the they thing. were supposed like, to do, you know, where they were supposed to be on these plays. 
on the big explosive plays. Every one of them had a sooner bust. Four of them, 62 yards or more uh, for a touchdown for TCU. Oh, boy, here we go. I love hearing what needs to happen from a kid that's just old enough to buy beer and never played football in his life. I trust the football coach that played at a high level and has coached at a high level. First off, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into all that. I trust the coaches, too. I think you have to. But I also think at a certain point, you have to acknowledge, everybody has to acknowledge that things have to change systemically. Because you can't trot out the same 11 guys that just allowed 668 total yards of offense against TCU. Uh, who's, been their best, who's been their best cornerback for the last couple of years? Woody Washington has. Yes. And what was he doing Saturday? Not making plays on the ball, tackling receivers. Yeah. I mean. Well, and he was banged up too. Yeah. So you got to keep in mind. But, he was banged I mean, up. it's crazy. Um, you know, I trust the guys are putting – the players they think, obviously, look, any coaching staff is doing it. They're putting the best guys out there to play that they expect are going to perform the best. Maybe occasionally you see a gamer. Maybe Jaron Kanick is that. I get he's a freshman, and Brent said he doesn't even know what he's doing out there. Well, against Nebraska, it looked pretty good for not knowing what he's doing. But here's an example, one that stands out to me. Alex Kate came in to play for Oklahoma State in a Thursday night game against Colorado and looked, oh, my gosh, mediocre at best. Guess who the third-team quarterback was? Brandon Whedon came in, lit up Colorado. They won the game. Brandon Whedon became probably the best-ever quarterback at Oklahoma State. He was a gamer. Maybe he wasn't the best practice player. I realize if you're a coach, man, all you've got to look at is practice. But sometimes, you know, maybe giving a guy a chance, you never know. And Canick, on sheer athletic ability, might be able to make a few more plays. There's no doubt. Okay, got to get out of here for hour number one. You guys keep lighting up the text line. We're trying to figure this out. Everybody's frustrated. I get it. I mean, your standard is Oklahoma Sooner football. And that was not Oklahoma Sooner football, what we saw Saturday down in Fort Worth. It was worthless is what it was. All right. Thank you, Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We have another hour to go. Keep it here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We are back for hour number two, which is brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, Exit 72, for a great deal on a car, a truck, SUV, used vehicle. I, I believe they call them lightly used now. That sounds better. Lightly used vehicle. They've got a great selection out there and that incredible guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. Rough weekend, folks. Rough weekend. Uh, stormy seas are ahead. You just hope that the uh, Titanic doesn't hit an iceberg. Parker, I was saying this, and then I want to talk about what Ted Roof and Jeff Levy had to say. For me, the goal for the rest of the season, because you look at the schedule, and if they play like that, I mean, if they play like that, they're not winning another game. 
Now, I don't think they're going to keep playing like that. I don't. Now, is it going to happen this weekend where they play a lot better? They have like a 2% chance of winning if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play this weekend, if that, in my opinion. But for me, I'm looking at for the rest of the year, if you can get to six wins and you can preserve as much of this great recruiting class as you can, that for me is what I'm looking at. What do you think for Oklahoma to avoid – you know, a catastrophic first year, and he, you know, six and six, and try and hold that recruiting class together as best you can. I still think this team wins more than six games. Do you really? Stanley. Like, I no, I am by no means uh, throwing this season in the garbage because I think there's still plenty of talent on this roster, and that's what's most confusing too, right? Is this the most talented OU football team that we've seen over the last decade? By no means. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of talent. There are a lot of NFL-caliber players on this roster. Now, I don't know if there are any NFL studs on this roster. Marvin Mims and Jalen Redmond might be the two guys that have a chance to hit it big in the NFL. But there are a lot of very good football players on both sides of the ball. And especially on defense... It just doesn't make sense with how much football some of these guys have played and how much they've played together over the years. It doesn't make sense why all of a sudden they cannot find their way out of the paper bag. Yeah, it's crazy. If you Okay, if uh, let's say you call Sonny Dykes before the season and you say, hey, you know what, how would you like to trade your roster for Oklahoma's roster? What do you think he'd say? Where do I, I sign, well, right? Yeah, well, exactly. And I think Teddy and Tyler were talking about it on Friday, I believe. TCU probably, pound for pound, had better wide receivers yeah, than Oklahoma. no doubt. But there really wasn't any other position group on TCU's roster that you can say, yeah, they're more talented than Oklahoma. I mean, SMU was right there with them the week prior. And look, Max Duggan has been a decent college quarterback, right? But he's playing great this year, playing with a ton of confidence. Sooners gave him more confidence again on Saturday. But like I said, it's just it's crazy to watch. Uh, I have never seen so many explosive plays happen in a half of football than what I saw Saturday. And like I said, I tweeted out, and, and a lot of people agree with me. I was looking, looking for them to agree with me. But I've been watching Oklahoma football since 1950, and I saw the John Blake years. I saw the Schnellenberger years. I saw, you know, the year leading up to 1971, my first home game, you know, as a kid was Oklahoma losing to Kansas State. I have never seen a half of football that bad. People are like, well, what about LSU and what about USC? Those are national championship legendary teams dotted with NFL players. This was TCU. Big difference. The text line's unchained. Yeah, We got people saying, y'all are sunshine bumpers. And we got other people saying, say something nice. That's the yeah, way it should like, be. You, you want me to say something nice about Saturday? Javante Barnes played really well. That's about yeah. it. That's about the only positive takeaway from Saturday's game. Their quarterback room is way better. Yeah, well, based on what we're seeing so far, yes, absolutely. Chandler Morris, I thought maybe there was a chance we'd see a little Chandler Morris, right? But Max Duggan, man, they left him in for a long time. And uh, what is uh, – by the way, somebody's asking, you were over there, uh, you know, interviewing, uh, you know, 
Ted Roof and Jeff Levy today with everybody else. Anything interesting? And by the way, what about the three-man front? Everybody wants to know about the three-man front. It's got to go, man. You don't have the personnel for it. Mm-hmm. You don't have a true nose tackle right now because it's not Jalen Redmond. It's not Jeffrey Johnson. Isaiah Coe is probably the closest thing to it. But, again, until you have the opportunity to recruit true noses, you're not going to be able to deploy the three-man front effectively. Uh, as far as Levy and Roof is concerned, are concerned, excuse me, I mean, they're, they're searching for answers like everybody else, man. And one of the things that they both reiterated is, hey, the process doesn't change for us. Whether we win or whether we lose, we're right back there in the film room evaluating what we need to do better, what we can do better. And it's not going to be easy this week because both sides of the ball, both Levy's unit and Roof's unit, they're probably going to be missing some key players. I don't know if Billy Bowman plays this Saturday. I don't. Obviously, Damon Harmon is not playing. Uh, the word is R. Mason Thomas is going to return. Yep. What about Marcus Major? Uh, Marcus Major's up in the air. I think, uh, to the best of my knowledge right now, he's trending towards being back for this game. What about the other Marcus? Marcus Stripling. And he should be back as well, from what I know. Um, but, obviously, we don't know about Eric Gray. We don't know about Theo Weiss. We don't know about Wanye Morse. I doubt I, I doubt he plays this Saturday. And, Gabriel, and we certainly we just don't, don't know about Dylan yeah. Gabriel. I mean, we just got to go through the protocol. Uh, I would be surprised if he played, but Brent said yesterday, again, he told Dean Blevins, yeah, I saw him today. He's walking around, seemed to be okay. But we'll see. We'll see. Here's the other deal. Do you think that Sark might want to run up the score on Oklahoma this weekend? I mean, regardless of what side of the divide you're on, I think you want to run up yeah. the score in that game I mean, any, either way. We've all talked about, you know, 60, uh, 63 to 14 and 65 to 13 and some of the beatings that uh, Oklahoma put on Texas. And look, Texas, they played decent. West Virginia, uh, you know, is not a world beater. But neither is Oklahoma right now, the way they're playing, obviously. And you would hope that some of the pride and the fire comes back. But I don't think it's been about – Effort and pride. I think it's been about mistakes, man, and a loss of confidence and just a, a cluelessness on defense. Now, and it, 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 cluelessness is a great word, Steely. And again, like here, here's my thing. And somebody said on the text line, uh, I have to scroll back. I lost it. But basically, the sentiment was uh, they haven't played in BV's system for very long at all. They're still unlearning. They're still rewiring their brains from playing Alex Grinch's defense to playing Brent Venable's defense. I think that's a point that carries a lot of merit, and we probably didn't give it its due throughout the offseason. But that is what I think bolsters my point. you got to put your 11 best athletes out there and just let them go. I think that means a lot more of Jaron Canick. I think that means a lot more of Robert Spears Jennings at safety. I really liked what he did down the stretch on Saturday. I think he really flashed as well. But the drawback with these veterans, with as much ball as they have played, the one thing that you don't have to do with somebody like Jaron Canick that you do have to do with somebody like, say, Deshaun White or David Aguebu, those young guys don't have to unlearn. They're just going. You don't have to rewire their brains. Yeah. 
No, that's a, that's an interesting point. Reggie Grimes had zero tackles the last two games, and Reggie Grimes was so good early in the season. Um, where was the one? Uh, is there any chance that Brent takes over the defensive play calling? Ted Roof seems to be the early scapegoat favorite. Yes, Ted, Ted Roof is certainly the scapegoat right now. <laughs> He's like people are mad at Ted Roof. Uh, back to the text line here. This. <laughs> This listener says, what do you think is worse, a pool party with Antonio Brown or seeing OU play that bad on defense again? I got to tell you, man. One is just as undesirable as the other right now. There there was a sick feeling watching that Saturday. And I realized this is going to take time. And and look, the uh, the boomer doomers who are and we haven't had a ton of boomer doomers today. We really haven't. There have been a few men. This was a mistake or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you got to give this time. I like this coaching staff. I do. I think they put a really good staff together. I, You know, maybe in two or three years I'll be regretting these comments, but I 100% still believe in them. The product hasn't measured up yet. What we saw particularly Saturday was abysmal. I mean, that's, that's brutal, absolutely brutal. Yeah, well, but I love this. I still like the culture. I like what they're how they're trying to structure – you know, their their program here. And I think, again, when you even guys behind the scenes, like Dad Turnipseed, J.R. Sandlin, the Soul Mission guys, I like what they're doing. But at some point, the players have to be accountable too, right? I mean, some of this stuff shouldn't be that difficult, particularly for upperclassmen. Yeah. Right? Well, and make a play. Deshaun White, make a play. Don't turn a pick six into a TCU completion. Right? Yeah, that was kind of emblematic of I mean, the that, entire that, that was the day, day in a nutshell, right there. It really was. Uh, one listener on the text line says, you can't keep putting the same product out there and expecting different results. Exactly. Another says, I'll take freshmen learning on the fly rather than seniors getting lost and blowing plays. Agree with that as well. This listener says, why shouldn't people be mad at Ted Roof? Look, you should. I don't fault you if you are. You should be mad at everything right now. Because... Again, about the only nice thing you can say about that game on Saturday was that Javante Barnes played really well. Grayson Halton, maybe? Grayson Halton saw a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how good of a thing that is. I, didn't, I don't think he's ready. I think he has a lot of potential, but I think the very fact that that guy is getting like, meaningful game snaps, that is an indictment on the rest of your defensive line as a whole. You have to, again, cash in on opportunities. And I know a lot, most of this is about the defense, but even on the offensive side of the ball, before Dylan went out, again, you got to make better, better throws. We've been saying that eventually some of these misses are going to come back to haunt you. And here's, here's, again, the example. You get your special teams making a play with a Jalil Farouk, uh, you know, kickoff return. What happens? You're four and out. I mean, that kind of stuff, again, good football teams do not do that, right? They yeah. just don't. Uh, is Nick Evers a five-star recruit, or am I wrong? Asks he was one four, listener. He was, a, he was a four-star. This listener says, Tuesday steak night has been changed to Tuesday liver and gizzards night. Oh, man. Liver and onions is not – we had that a few times growing up. I was not a fan. The only person I know who's a fan of liver is uh, Hannibal Lecter. 
This listener says, do you think the outcome the last two weeks has anything to do with those two teams playing out of their minds and a performance they can't replicate again? I certainly hope we don't replicate those two performances on our end. I mean, they both played well and both quarterbacks played well. But, you know, I think that's kind of wishful thinking that, man, that's the greatest game. Adrian Martinez said it was his best game of his career, and I think it was. And Kansas State played really well. But I think, you know, oh, you gave TCU way too much. I mean, they they uh, by their mistakes, they gave them four touchdowns. Those four touchdowns of sixty plus yards, which is just—I mean—that's just bad, horrific football. Everybody knows that. Okay, we'll break right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, with you here on a Monday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon. We'll get locked in again coming up at two o'clock today. Teddy, you'll have some interesting stuff to say. I know that. He knows what's going on out there, and he knows that Oklahoma can be big. I got to exchange. I got to tell you about our text exchange earlier today. We'll do that when I get back. Okay. I, thought, I thought it was pretty decent. All right, stay with us. A lot more texts on the way as well. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group for sponsoring hour number two. Be right back. A classic that fits today here on this Monday. BB, what's up? The king. Well, there's only one king in Norman, Barry Switzer, but BB, king of the blues. All right, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on this Monday afternoon edition of Steel Man and Thune, hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. We're letting you vent today more than anything else. Normally, I'd have a lot more sound and stuff ready to go, but I thought this is event day. Okay, so I text Teddy this morning, and I said, did I hear you say OU was playing a basic defense Saturday most of the time against TCU? And he texted back, Yes. Yeah, I mean there was nothing there was nothing super complex happening. And they I were said, busting simple assignments. I said, damn, I was ready to say they need to simplify things on that side of the ball. Shows you what I know. Now I'm gonna go drive my car into Lake Thunderbird. Well, I'm glad you made it in. He said, LOL, they will be okay. So Teddy believes it's very fixable. And look, I, I'm I'm just flabbergasted at I mean, there's a lack of football IQ, and somebody's asking on the text line, man, you guys keep saying there's talent on this OU defense. Well, well, then, you know, whose fault is it? Brent's, Ted Roof's, whose? You can have talent, but you also have to be a football player. You can have all the measurables. Football IQ, I think, more than anything else, is the biggest issue they're facing. What do you think, Parker? I mean, they're bad angles, run fits are bad. You know, don't turn around, make a play on the football. Instead, you tackle the receiver, you know. Not in the right position in the secondary. Three man. I mean, did it look like Max Duggan could have counted 100 Mississippi, you know, to throw the football Saturday? No sacks in either of the last two games for Oklahoma as a defense. None. Yeah. Can't win football games that way. 
If you don't pressure the quarterback, if you don't get after him, and uh, if you leave Max Duggan a clear lane around right end to the end zone, then those are the types of things that are going to cost you games. Max Duggan back there sometimes reminded you of those backyard football games you played where the quarterback's just back there pointing to a receiver. Go, no, go there. No, 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 there. No, okay. You know, yeah. and he's got 20 seconds to throw the ball. And then he took off and outran the OU secondary. Now, again, Max Duggan has deceptive speed. He ran track in high school, too. So he's pretty athletic for a quarterback. But again, angles, pursuit, all of, you know, lanes, all of that stuff, gap. Uh, responsibility, it seems like a lot of that is really hurting OU. Football IQ is, is, um, is again, a big issue, I think, for Oklahoma right now. And this listener on the text line says, football IQ matters a thousand times more with Brent Venables. It does. It does. And like, I, I have to wonder, based on what we saw Saturday, as you said, as Teddy said, there was nothing particularly intricate happening defensively. And guys were busting simple assignments. If that's what's happening right now with your more experienced players on the roster, at what point do you just say, okay, we're going to give some of these other guys a shot? We're going to burn Robert Spears Jennings' red shirt. We're going to burn Jordan Mukes' red shirt. We're going to put Jaron Kanick on the field a lot more. We're going to see some more Grayson Halton. At edge. At what point do some of these guys that, as we mentioned last segment, don't have to unlearn as much? At what point do they get their opportunity to show mm-hmm. what they can do? Good question. We'll see. Yeah, same players they had last year. Last year's defense sucked too. Well, I mean, not exactly. Again, you had Perion Winfrey, you had Isaiah Thomas, you had Nick Benito, you had Brian Asamoah. You had DTY. All those guys are on NFL rosters right now. It's kind of like I heard, uh, you know, some of the postgame stuff flying around and comments and everything. Well, you know, last year the staff, they coached this roster to 11-2. and two. Okay. Well, I guess they forgot about Caleb Williams and the defensive guys that I just mentioned. So it's not the same team. I'm not excusing anything. They, they've got to play better than this, but it's not the same team as last year. Man, Caleb, I mean, there are guys who played last year still around, but it's not even close. Man, Caleb Williams is stupid good, too. Did you get the chance to watch the USC game Saturday night? Unfortunately, it's, I mean. Ugh. That's one hell of a quarterback. I can't get mad at him, though. I still I still like Caleb Williams. It's the other guy. Again, we yeah. what did we say? Maybe there's the potential when Mule Shoe walked away, it was the explosion in the background like you see in the movies all the time. Exactly. Well, I don't know, man. We probably overreacted to that Nebraska performance. Well, I know I did. But I but the, I still don't think it's Well, I still don't think it can get much worse. I and, mean, if it does, there is a major problem. And I don't I don't know if we overreacted, Steely. Because, what like what do we say in the aftermath of that game? On that particular Saturday in Lincoln, Nebraska, that Oklahoma team looked like a playoff team, which they did. The issue is now they got to play like a playoff team as they navigate the Big Twelve conference schedule. And immediately their performance against Kansas State in the Big Twelve opener proved that what we saw against Nebraska was not indicative of where this team is truly at. I just didn't. I, I just don't think anybody could have anticipated 
how bad things could have gotten this past Saturday in Fort Worth. Yeah. Are we sure that it's not an effort issue? I know you both said you don't believe it is, but have we really went back to watch? Look, I'm sure you can find some plays where the effort's not what it used to be, but I think the biggest issue, in my opinion, would be football IQ. Because when you've got guys running that wide open and you've got guys that aren't setting the edge on defense and Max Duggan's running, you know, down the field like he's Lamar Jackson, those, I think, more than anything else, are football IQ, not where you're supposed to be issues, which is very frustrating for Oklahoma fans. A strong argument can be made that the smart thing to do is to redshirt the freshman class, giving up on the older guys is wrong. By the way, Parker, are you ready for OU to go to the SEC next year? If it happens next year, man, might be a little bit of a transition period. (laughs) (laughs) Skip Bayless said Oklahoma's going to be the new Vanderbilt. And Skip's an OU fan. And, of course, Skip tweets for engagement. We know that. Yeah. But they're not, they're not going to be the new Vanderbilt. Oklahoma, There's... in the long run, look, is going to be fine. I'm not saying, you know, expect a national championship in the next five years, but they will figure this out. And I think Brent Venables is going to be around to figure it out. This game this weekend, and – it's not like anything has changed over the last nine months. We've been saying this ever since the 2021 season ended. But this game this weekend is even more of a must-win than even we have previously labeled it. Because there's a very real chance that if you go and lose your third straight this weekend, things really start to spiral out of control in terms of morale yeah. and confidence. And that's where, again, to me, I really think the ceiling is 6-6. Six and six. You guys call me negative. I think the ceiling is 6-6. Six and six. Parker, what happens, though, because we've talked about these guys have built great relationships with these guys who were bought in. And we thought, saw a lot of recruits over the weekend. Macari Vickers, Dalen Smothers, others 100% behind Brent Venables. What happens if you drop off 5-7 and seven or worse? Can they hold on to the majority of these kids? Well, and here, that's the question that everybody's asking. And the reality, Steely, is that every fan who tries to put themselves inside the mind of a recruit, instantly their first thought is when they see a performance like they saw against TCU on I Saturday. can play right away. Well, no, their, their thought is, oh, why would I play for this dumpster fire? Oh, but, you're, you're talking about the yeah, texters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's I what, the, that's about what the, the average fan thinks. But you have to keep in mind, these recruits, like, what, what do they all want to do? They all want to play. They all hmm. want to play soon. They don't want to play right away. And here's the thing. We've talked so much about how Brent Venables and this staff have made an effort to recruit the right people, not just the right players, the right people. And if you've recruited the right people, those people are not going to ditch their plans with you based on one bad loss. They're not. And if they love your university for all that it offers, beyond just the football program, beyond just the logo on the helmet, if they're in love with the University of Oklahoma – they're going to look at a performance like that on Saturday and they're going to say, man, they need me. I can go be part of the team and the defense that changes the culture at a university that I love. So I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sound like a sunshine pumper. I'm not trying to say it's all sunshine and roses. What I am saying is 
there are two very distinct sides to that coin. And from yeah, the social no, there media are. activity that you have seen from the Sooners commits thus far, it doesn't look like anybody's in a hurry to jump out of the boat. I agree. Uh, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't. But at the same time, if you finish below 500, I don't think there's any way you're getting all of those kids. I see probably a couple defections down the road. And I, you look, you know more about that stuff than me. I'm just thinking about it from a realistic standpoint. Uh, man, that negative recruiting is going to heat up too. All right, the biggest thing that burns my butt about the TCU loss is we lost to Mule Shoes brother Garrett Riley. I'm sure Garrett's a fine individual, but evil doesn't win in the long run. Garrett, I'm sure, is fine. Mule Shoe, yeah, I don't think so. But, hey, SC's playing some solid football so far. Alex Grinch getting a million turnovers, too, which never happened to Norman, ever. We'll be right back here on The Ref. We are back. I got a little uh, All-American Rejects, Stillwater Band. Cowboys, man, give it up to Oklahoma State. That was a nice win in Waco over the weekend. That is a a well-drilled, well-coached football team. They won with uh, really good special teams play. Spencer Sanders did have one pick, but still is having a really good year. And uh, that puts Oklahoma State now. Again, I don't know how secure the driver's seat is in the league, but if you look at a quality road win, Oklahoma State's got a quality road W. Uh, you know, Kansas State is the Oklahoma win, a quality road W. It's still, yeah, I, early in the season, I would think you would have to say that. But that's a huge win for Oklahoma State. Uh, Mike Gundy's doing a nice job there. And we'll see what happens uh, with the Cowboys coming up this weekend, hosting uh, uh, Texas Tech, 2.30 on Fox Sports 1. You've got the Sooners and the Longhorns. Texas a seven-point favorite now, 11 a.m. on ABC. TCU in Kansas, 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. Game day going to be at KU. K-State and Iowa State will play the evening game, 6.30. In Ames on ESPNU. Baylor and West Virginia off this weekend. Mark Desher, OU photo guy, was telling me, you know, you well, you, you really want to schedule that team that you think you, you, you're going to beat, you know, fairly routinely on homecoming. And that's usually who? Kansas. Kansas next week, if they win this weekend, and actually TCU's favorite in that game, TCU, I think, is a six-point favorite. Kansas is uh, 19th in the country. Kansas would probably be, you know, somewhere around 15 in the country and rolling into Norman undefeated. Crazy. Okay, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. On that point, Steely, just imagine telling anybody, anybody, even – the most hardened OU skeptic before the season began that by week five, Kansas was going to be ranked and OU wouldn't be. Big 12 is upside down right now. It's upside down. Unfortunately for the Sooners, too, uh, this is a let's get OU in Texas revenge tour. They're going on, too, everywhere <laughs> they go. Uh, this listener says, Saban, Alabama, first year, 6-6. Six and six. Stoops at OU, first year, 7-5. and five. Sweeney, Clemson, first year, 6-6. Six and six. 
Kirby Smart, UGA, first year, seven and five. Dave Aranda at Baylor, first year, three and five. Yeah, it, it was a train wreck when Bob Stoops got here. It there, was. there was talent here, but they uh, again, it was it was a total train wreck. Um, so again, I know that Muleshoe gutted the roster to an extent, particularly when you take the quarterback with you. But look, he he came to Oklahoma for a Muleshoe. I get that, and uh, but at the same time, this OU program was in is in much better shape than it was when Bob took over. So again. They, they've just got to correct uh, a bunch of issues right now, and a lot of them on the defensive side of the ball. I, I, I could not believe what I saw again for the second straight week. Part of it is, Parker, you think K-State, man, Adrian Martinez played out of his mind. It's always tough to tackle Deuce Vaughn. And, yeah, they were out of position sometimes, but, man, maybe that's a one-off deal. They, surely they can't be that bad. And then it got worse in Fort Worth. So I understand Sooner fans' frustrations right now, and they're trying to figure out, man, what, what's going on here? Patrick says, Dirty Bird is not as good as Hefner to drive your car into, Steely. Overholzer is third choice. Oh, Lake Holder closer. Do you think Big 12 coaches are going back to 2011 to watch BV's defensive tape at OU? Says one listener. They're probably not. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Brent Venables is a far different person I mean, in 2022 than he was Brent in 2011. did a, you know... 10 out of 10 job, pretty much, at least a 9-5 at Clemson. I mean, come on. No joke. It's not like the guy forgot how to coach defense. One of the things I heard during the end of his tenure, and again, was that maybe the defense was getting too complex for the guys back in the day because Brent does a lot of stuff, man. But, uh, you know, as as Teddy was saying, and I'm sure he'll reiterate this, um, was talking about on the podcast too, the Oklahoma Breakdown, that uh, a lot of this stuff is basic football that's not getting executed. So, anyway, it's all about execution. Hey, that's right, execution. At the end of the day, this listener says, "I'm pissed at Mule Shoe and his merry men of misfits and their inability to recruit top notch other than a quarterback and receivers." I'm trying to put meal shoe to rest. It's it's uh, it's causing me great stress. I think it's giving me an ulcer. My own fault. Uh, this listener says maybe this roster was in worse shape when Mule Shoe left than we thought, as evidenced by the way we ended the year, and maybe that's the reason Mule Shoe saw the need to exit. It's been a very prevalent thought over mm-hmm. the last couple of days. This is why Mule Shoe left. <sighs> I, look, I really think the guy was – do I think he was shaking in his boots about playing in the SEC? No, but I don't think he was real thrilled about it. And I think, based on just my opinion on a few things I've heard, he probably wanted some stuff he wasn't getting. They weren't completely – a lot of the boosters weren't really completely happy with the direction, thinking this guy probably doesn't quite have what it takes to win a national championship. And he's got an opportunity at a sleeping giant like SC. I get that. Like I said, I just didn't like the lying part of everything. That's my main issue. Has anyone suggested sacrificing a live chicken? Um, says one listener. I I don't think PETA would be in favor of that. Yeah, I don't care what PETA's in favor of. But you know what? If anybody's got a live chicken that they're wanting to, you know. Is there an altar somewhere on campus? <laughs> 
Uh, Zach on the text line says, it sucks having this feeling, but hey, Texas feels this way every year. You know, if Gabriel plays, I'm not saying that Oklahoma can't go down there and win in the Cotton Bowl. Now, again, it's got to change a bunch on the defensive side of the ball. And I would say that, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers expected to play. Xavier Worthy's a heck of a wide receiver. We know what B. John Robinson can do. He might run for a Cotton Bowl record. I'm not sure. Was it Ricky Williams and uh, the? I remember the battle between uh, Ricky Williams and uh, it was Demond Parker for Oklahoma. But um, – Still, the uh, situation, again, if Gabriel's able to play and they play better, they absolutely could hang with Texas, and we've seen some strange things happen. Now, again, I also have Texas in my lock of the week at, to cover 6.5. Wow. Wow. You, so went the other way. you went the other way. You went OU plus Yeah, so I have OU as my upset pick because Drake gave Texas the kiss of death. Drake did, so yes. He did. I have to assume that OU is going to win this weekend. We'll see what the stronger curse is, the White Buffalo versus Drake Dykin this weekend. Uh, this is a very, very accurate yes, it is. sentence from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. A great quarterback covers up many deficiencies. And that's, look. See last year, right? Well, and that's one thing that, and people act like on the text line, like anybody was trying to sell Dylan Gabriel as a Heisman candidate prior to the season. I'm pretty sure we all said, Steely, that the expectation should not be that Dylan Gabriel could go to New York City. He might, but that shouldn't be the expectation. Now, that is one thing in 2022 that Oklahoma doesn't have. They don't have a great quarterback. The excitement level was this, I think, Parker. Also, that he'd worked with Jeff Levy before and was familiar with that system and had, I think, what did he have, like 70 touchdowns and 11 picks in his career, something like that? Yeah. And again, not a P5 quarterback. But, again, you, you were up in the air as to what was going on. I think, you know, they couldn't wait on Caleb Williams. And Caleb Williams is a really good quarterback, excellent quarterback. SC's offense, we knew they'd be really good. We didn't know the defense was going to get, you know, what are they – I think they've gotten 15 turnovers now, maybe given up one on the season, which is crazy. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, if you, uh, what happened last year in Lawrence, Kansas? Caleb Williams didn't even have a good fit. He found a way to save the day. And then he came in and engineered, uh, you know, along with other heroes like um, uh, Caleb Kelly, yeah. Marvin Mims, you know, the greatest comeback in the history of the Cotton Bowl. Well, and I think if you look at – here's the thing. You look at what Dylan Gabriel's done through five games compared to what Spencer Rattler had done through five games last year. Sooner fans would have begged for Dylan Gabriel a year ago if they had that alternative. But the reality is – Though he has been, how can I phrase this in fairness? He's had good moments. He's had bad moments. He's had his inconsistencies. He still hasn't turned the ball over. Dylan Gabriel's a good quarterback, but the reality is he's not a great quarterback. And I think the mistake that we all kind of made, Steely, is that we assumed, hey, you know what? Oklahoma's not going to need a great quarterback anymore to win football games. Well, while that may be true down the line, it might not be true in 2022. Yeah, and, and again, by the way, uh, Toby Rowland did say before the season that Gabriel was a Heisman candidate. Yes, he did. I heard him. You know what? If Dylan Gabriel makes half of the throws that he's missed, and I know this is a, that's a big if, 
he could be, you know, maybe in New York City. Those numbers, he'd have about 15 TDs and still doesn't have a pick, right? That's, you know. But uh, he hasn't, bottom line. They've got to correct that, man, because we said that, you know, every quarterback, Tom Brady misses throws here and Rodgers misses throws, they all miss throws. But he's got to be better at finding – I mean, these big plays where you completely lose momentum, right? you got to make more of those throws. And he – it got worse last week. It got a lot worse. Steely's lock of the week, Stink. Didn't you have Washington against UCLA last week? Yes. Yes, I did. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I'd give myself a B-minus so far. Maybe you see. So, yeah, it might be good for you guys. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm fine losing a lock of the week. Fine. I'm kind of surprised that game's even out there with the uh, OU quarterback situation being up in the air. Well, you know. I think that's probably why the line opened where it did. They're trying to get money on the game early yeah. on so that they can adjust it once the quarterback situation becomes more clear. I don't know. I don't – I'm not a better. I've never put money down in Vegas, so this is just me speculating. But mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got one more segment, and uh, we'll get to as many texts as we can. 405-651-3439 in the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Coming right back on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Didn't we play this last week, too? Unfortunately, yeah, it's back. it's the encore. I mean, it's a classic, of course, but I think we uh, we should uh, leave with Bill Withers' Ain't No Sunshine. No sunshine to pump here? None. Okay. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, beats and bites the outdoor music festival over the summer. Always a huge success. Guess what? They've got a special Bedlam edition coming up. Sponsored by Phillips 66, and that's going to be Friday, November 18th. Wade Bowen, the Eli Young Band. Two great acts performing on the same stage, the Beats and Bites stage on Friday night, November 18th, out at Riverwind Casino. Tickets are only 5 bucks. Get them online at riverwind.com. Heck of a deal. And again, look, uh, it could be Oklahoma still struggling at that point. But you know what? Why not go? And just have a great time on that Friday night before Bedlam at Riverwind Casino where you, again, can experience uh, the best service, the best bars, best dining, incredible amount of games, 2,800 electronic games, and, again, all the table games you're looking for as well. Riverwind Casino voted the metro area's best casino year after year after year after year, and it's easy why. There's a reason they're simply the best. Just like they say in the commercials, they truly are. Uh, talked to the GM out there, Justin Yahola, and he uh, said, man, I'm still supporting the Sooners. He's headed to Big D. He's still supporting the Sooners, as you should be as well. Win or lose, you're there, right? Absolutely, you should be. 
Okay. Well, that building will be full on Saturday. Uh, no I question think so. about yeah. it. No question. Let's it hope it stays full. That's uh, the key. Jake P. on the text line asks, do we know when we will get a report for Gabriel, whether he will play Saturday or not? Have they been specific about any details yet? It's it's way too early to make that call, unfortunately. you got to realize concussions are very touch and go. Uh, there's got to be a certain amount of time that elapses between your last uh, symptoms and when you can officially come back to action and get cleared. So here's the thing. You might feel good for a couple days, but then all of a sudden symptoms rear their head again and you're right back to square one. So we're probably not going to know what Dylan Gabriel's status for this game is one way or another. Maybe Thursday? At least several days. I would say Thursday or Friday. We'll start to get an idea of where things are trending, but even then, uh, there's no guarantee we'll know by then. Yeah, and uh, crazy. I mean, sometimes, you know, you have uh, you don't play very well and things don't go your way, and Texas has Quinn Ewers coming back, and the Sooners may be without Dylan Gabriel. I would say it would be a surprise at this point if he plays, in my opinion. Well, with the hit he took yeah. on Saturday. I mean, that was so brutal. Just brutal. Okay, um, anything else we need to get in? Uh, Brent, how did Brent look Saturday? I mean, he's clearly frustrated. But I think there's there's some shock to this too, where they're like they they can't believe it's gone this direction in the last two weeks. Yeah. Right. Well, again, I mean, again, like you can only blame so much of this on coaching, because what Venables has done has always worked. I shouldn't say always, without exception, but in general, in the past, it has worked. I think what you're staring at is more of a Jimmy's and Joes than X's and O's type of issue because yeah and ex- i think execution a big, has not been there uh, yeah and that to me is again you can be super super talented and I, i'm not saying oklahoma's dotted with nfl players on the defensive side of the ball but these were some pretty highly recruited kids anyway i think it's been more of a football iq issue than anything else and they're completely they've had their confidence shattered over the last two weeks we'll see if they can get it back they got to get it back or it's going to get even more ugly all right Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a car, truck, or SUV and that great guarantee. Oil changes engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at zero additional cost to you. Let's get locked in up next with Parker and Tyler McComas. Have a great Monday.